Welcome to Newest, Latest, Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Friday, November 10th, 2017. Big news late yesterday. Massive software publisher EA has agreed to acquire the developer of Titanfall and Titanfall 2 Respawn Entertainment. Now, EA published Titanfall and Titanfall 2, so they already had a relationship there. But now Respawn will be a subsidiary of EA, with EA forking out $151 million in cash for Respawn and has also agreed to up to $164 million more in long-term equity to be played, paid to employees, vested over four years. This is big news because now Respawn is not uh, its own entity. They will be under the auspices of EA. Respawn's CEO and co-founder Vince Vampirella said, uh, we started Respawn with the goal to create a studio with some of the best talent in the industry and to be a top developer in innovative games. We felt that now was the time to join an industry leader that brings the resources and support we need for long-term success while still keeping our culture and creative freedom. So, very interesting news. I'm a huge fan of Respawn. I think Titanfall 2 is one of the best first-person shooters ever made. And built into this announcement, buried slightly in this announcement, is the fact that Respawn is currently working on a new title in the Titanfall franchise, as well as a game set in the Star Wars universe, and the VR gaming experience that they announced at Oculus Connect 4. So, big, big stuff. I mean, that's three things from one of my favorite developers, all of which I couldn't be more thrilled about. I was a little worried when Titanfall 2 came out, and it was so good, but it was sandwiched between Call of Duty and Battlefield in release uh, schedule. I thought it may have gotten swallowed up and maybe uh, underperformed, and I was worried that that perhaps meant we wouldn't see any more Titanfall games. And to hear that there's a new game in the Titanfall franchise being worked on as we speak makes me very, very excited indeed. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a big AAA Titanfall game. They have a history of bringing Titanfall to mobile, for example, but I'm hopeful that we will actually see a Titanfall 3 or some sort of big AAA Titanfall product uh, from them in the relatively near future. I suspect it'll be multiple years. But also, the Star Wars game that Respawn is working on, I could not be more excited for. We'll see if that is a pure shooter or what kind of game that will be as well as this sort of realistic war VR gaming experience that I talked about when they mentioned it at Oculus Connect 4 a few weeks ago. So it sounds like pretty positive things. EA, you know, used to have the stink of uh, a bad company. They were often actually voted the most uh, terrible company in the United States for several years. It seems like that has turned around in recent years, and... uh, I think this sounds like a relatively positive thing for Respawn. It sounds like they're going to still be a fairly autonomous unit inside the company. And I think that 
this means that we will see that talent putting out great, great stuff for years to come, which is uh, exciting as a game fan. I want to tell you about another game that I have been playing a lot of lately and one you should definitely consider picking up. It's called Hand of Fate 2. I'm playing it on PC. It is also available on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It is an independent title, the sequel to one of my favorite independent titles of 2014, I believe, or 2015. The idea behind Hand of Fate is a novel one. It really is a mashup of several disparate genres that really shouldn't work as well as it does, but it's phenomenal. The idea is that you are sitting down with a player of a very intense game called Hand of Fate. It's a tarot game. It's a card-based game. And you are playing, you're going heads up on the tabletop in a fantasy setting against this mysterious game master who has decks of cards and is trying to defeat you by laying out different scenarios through his decks that you cannot master. So you have decks of cards as well. Your cards represent your items and abilities and even places you may visit along your route. So the way the game works is the game master will lay out uh, a trail of cards and you have a little token that you can move along that trail. Each card that's flipped over is an encounter and that encounter may be one of several different things. It may be a simple story-based narrative encounter where you meet someone or have a conversation. It may be a merchant selling you things. It may be a challenge of some kind where you will have some story bit that's followed by a roll of dice and you roll virtual dice in the game by flicking your mouse or your controller and rolling and seeing what dice come up as you try to hit a specific challenge number. Also, there are actual encounters that are combat encounters where you will actually be sucked into a different mode entirely. And this is where the mashup gets really interesting. So you have this card-based layer that scratches kind of a hearthstone itch. It's a, it's a collectible card game in a lot of ways, mixed with a, a sort of turn-based strategy game as well. And then when you get into these combat encounters, you are pulled into fully 3D third-person action controls that resemble, in a large sense, Batman Arkham games. So you have – it's a big brawler, a big third-person action brawler where you have to take on a number of heroes that's determined by the cards that the game master pulls when you start the encounter. So if he pulls steel three, then you have three steel-clad warriors that you have to take down, for example. And you are doing that in a Batman Arkham way. You've got uh, attacks and blocks and parries, and the enemies will indicate that they're about to attack you by flashing a color, and so you have to hit your parry in just in the right amount of time in order to fend them off, and you want to maintain these combos just like you do in the Batman Arkham games. It really, really works well, and it's a ton of fun. And you execute those combos, you, you fight boss characters that have unique attacks, and all of the equipment and abilities that you have in those encounters are determined by the cards that you have drawn in the card layer. So you can acquire new cards from merchants in the game that you will meet up with, you will acquire new cards through encounters, and those cards get shuffled into your deck, and you have to actually place them in your deck in order to equip 
a new sword or axe or shield or helm or breastplate or what have you. So it is very much a collectible card game. It is very much a strategy game. And then when you get into the combat, it's very much an action combat game. So these two very different kinds of games you've played before are mashed together into what is, I think, greater than the sum of its parts and a lot of fun. And I think a lot of what makes it so fun is the strength of the storytelling. It's got great voiceover work from the Game Master, and each of the encounters is really well written, and you have these these interesting scenarios that you can follow through on, quests that you can get, but not quests in the traditional sense of having a quest log and ticking things off, just sort of themes and ideas that come up and resonate throughout the game. And since each of the encounters is a card, is an individual card, so for example, a combat encounter is an individual card, or the lady in the woods is a card, and now that encounter is about finding a lady in the woods and offering her some of your goods or gold uh, in, in exchange for hers and the kinds of crazy things that happens. Because that's linked to a card, you have the option of shuffling that into the deck as you continue through the game world. So if you've had success dealing with a specific encounter, you can continue to put that back into the potential cards that may come up along the path as you adventure along. And you have a requirement. You have two resources. You have gold and you have food. Every time you move along the path, move your token along the path, you consume some food, but it also heals you. So you have this wonderful resource management that feels like a Euro board game as well, where you have to make strategic decisions. Do I want to keep meandering down this path and using up food, not knowing necessarily whether I'll have the opportunity to acquire new food along the way, or do I go the shortest distance between two points and get myself to the exit of this level so I can fight the boss and move on to the next level down uh, before my food supply runs out? When I am awarded uh, resources uh, at the conclusion of a successful encounter, oftentimes that's a game of chance in and of itself. The Game Master will shuffle four cards, uh, uh, two of which, for example, will be fails, two of which will be successes, and you have to play sort of three-card Monty of selecting which you think will be. So the game uses all these wonderful games of chance as a metaphor on top of a very modern, arcadey, brawler-type action layer that they shouldn't work together, right? It's a very old-school kind of board gamey game of chance, roll dice, pick cards type of interface with this really action-oriented, combo-based, almost almost a uh, rhythm game-style combat that you may know from the, the Batman games where you're waiting for flashes of color and hitting the corresponding correct button to maintain your cool action combos. It's, in, it's really inventive. It's really fun. The world is, is interesting and unique. And this is the sequel, Hand of Fate 2, and I think nearly every part of the game is improved. I mean, I loved the first Hand of Fate. I recognized that the combat wasn't quite as strong as Batman Arkham games. As much as it was reminiscent of them, it didn't quite capture the tightness of those controls and the perfection, the the real fine-tuning of that combat style that Rocksteady managed to perfect. But 
the sequel improves that combat quite a bit. The graphics are hugely improved. The All of the game's systems are more interesting, offer more variety and more depth. There's uh, little tweaks here and there, and it's fun how the game even comments on that and says, oh, you were expecting this, but now I have upgraded to this. It's a delight. This is one of those games, too many of which I think are coming in 2017, that feels like it'll fall through the cracks for too many people. Fans of the first Hand of Fate will not miss this game because they knew what a special experience it was. But I fear that too many people that haven't heard of it will be so overwhelmed by all the big AAA releases that they'll miss out on a chance to play what is really a gem of a game. I love Hand of Fate 2. I think it's great. If you love D&D and tabletop games, but also love action games, it really does deliver both in a really high level. I am loving it. Hand of Fate 2, available on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One.